While You Were Folding, Episode 26, Adoption Update, and See You in September. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things, marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been a wife for 10 years and a mother for eight. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will introduce you to some amazing guests, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father of mercy, thank you so much for the gift of family. Thank you for the gift of rest and relaxation that we had over the 4th of July. Thank you for the gift of this beautiful country that you've given to us. And thank you also just for the gift of summertime. I know I keep saying that on the podcast, but it has been balm for my soul to be able to just slow down a little bit. So please help me and the listeners to continue to enter more fully into this season. And even if we work outside the home and things aren't really all that different for our own schedules, just help us to find little pockets of time to just see the blessings of what you made this season to be for us and help us to be thankful for those. We pray these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as you might have noticed, I did not have an episode last week for you and I apologize. And I'm actually going to get to why that happened when I get to the main topic of today's episode. But I wanted to quickly talk about the 4th of July. How was your 4th of July? Did you have a good time? Um, I feel like I live in a Norman Rockwell painting with my neighborhood We have a nearby park and we have a really active neighborhood with all kinds of ages represented, but a lot of young families, especially. And every year on the 4th of July, and this is the fifth year that we've gotten to participate because we've lived here for that long, we got to participate in the parade and the potluck. And this parade is no joke. I think, honest to goodness, that there were close to a hundred little kids participating in this thing. So they had all decorated their bikes or their strollers or their wagons. And there was even a man named Ron, who I didn't get to meet, but Ron is the man. He led the whole parade in his motorcycle around the park's bike path, and that was awesome. And before we had the parade, they just had some general neighborhood announcements about hopes to make some updates to the park, and it just reminded me of how involved everyone is and how much everyone cares about our park. And then they asked a very talented neighbor to lead everyone in the Pledge of Allegiance. And then he also sang the Star Spangled Banner. And it was beautiful. 
And then after the parade, there was a wonderful potluck lunch. Afterward, everyone was asked to bring an entree and then a side or a dessert. And it was wonderful. And then there's a great playground. So the kids got to play on the playground and they had tug of war and badminton. And uh, the adults just hung around and chatted while the kids played. And my favorite part was looking up at one point as we neared our parish to see our brand new pastor and our associate pastor walking toward the park. They showed up in their clerics and our brand new pastor had on a golf baseball cap and it was just awesome. It was a really great evangelization opportunity to get to see them out there mixing and mingling with the neighbors. And there was also a parish family has a daughter who joined a um, convent. I, I can't remember how far along she is in her formation, but it was awesome to get to see her there as well in her full habit. Um, but the kids had a great time. It was a really warm day, but we are very fortunate to have a park that has some great shade and the kids had a great time getting to see all their buddies and we had a great time getting to see our friends too. So uh, and then after that, we just came home and we had family nap time. And then in the late afternoon, the kids played with the water table and the sprinklers. And then we went over to a neighbor's house and we got to do some fireworks and hang out. And it was a wonderful, relatively quiet 4th of July. And I don't know what part of the country you're in, but here in Nebraska, in Lincoln, we had a rainstorm that came through right around 1030 in the evening. I know I have some family and friends that are in Omaha, and I guess the rain somehow managed to show up there earlier. Uh, so I know the rain kind of put a damper on some people's evenings, but other for our house, we were done with the fireworks by the time 1030 rolled around. And we had a couple of days of kids recovering from that. I feel like we're finally back to where the kids usually are behavior-wise and just with being tired and that sort of thing. But it was a wonderful holiday. I hope you had a great 4th of July. So let's talk about the main topic today, our adoption update. So this is the reason why I did not have a podcast episode ready for you to go. Um, we've had a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes over here, and now that I'm finally able to talk about it, I just wanted to give everyone an update now that we've told our family about our plans. So let me back up and just kind of explain a little bit of how we got to today's decision. So Philip and I, as I mentioned in my first introductory episode, if you didn't listen to that one, I just kind of painted a big picture of who I am and our family and how things go around here on a day-to-day -day basis. But when I met Philip, he at that point was still a relatively brand new brother to his adopted sister who joined his family when he was a senior in high school. And she was adopted from China. And when Philip and I were dating, he also has a brother, a biological brother, by the way. So he has one biological brother and a sister who was adopted from China. Um, but when Philip and I were dating, adoption was always part of the conversation when we started to get serious and talk about a future and what we hoped our family would, God willing, look like. So we said we always wanted to have, if God allowed us to have them, biological children and then to adopt as well. 
And adoption got put on the back burner while Philip was in medical school and residency. But once we started to put down roots, when we moved to Lincoln four years ago, that was when the conversation about adoption resurfaced. So now that we've been here a couple of years, um, we decided to start pursuing international adoption. And we had made the decision to adopt from China for a lot of various reasons. Um, But long story short, China changed the rules for families trying to adopt internationally last July, July 2017. And the biggest uh, rule that affected our family is that the youngest child you have in the home must be three years old at the time that you apply for adoption from China. Now, at that point, Dorothy was about 15 months old, and so that meant we were going to have to wait until March of 2019 for Dorothy to turn three. So basically, since last summer, we have been in a holding pattern, and um, then when May, this May 2018, rolled around, that was going to mark one year since we had completed our home study. And those of you who have adopted might be familiar with home studies. I'll explain some of this vocabulary in a minute. Um, but it was time for us to update our home study, which meant that our social worker was going to come out to the house and just update some paperwork with us and talk with us about how things were going. And at that point, we decided to open up a conversation. Philip and I had been trying to pray more about things and do some more discernment about, okay, God, China, close the doors, at least for now, for our adoption. Does this mean we need to explore other options? And we revisited the idea of domestic adoption and spoke with our social worker about that. And ultimately, she encouraged us with, to stick with international adoption by saying that there is definitely not a shortage of families hoping to adopt domestically. And when I say domestically, that just means to adopt here within the United States. Um, and so without wanting to speak negatively about China or China's adoption program, for a number of reasons, Philip and I decided that China was no longer a good fit for our family. And that was mainly because of the timeline that they had put upon us to have to wait for Dorothy to be three before we could even apply. And I know that that doesn't sound like a big deal, but because international adoption already has quite a long timeline, we didn't want to have to wait longer than we already do to adopt because it's quite a long timeline. And Philip and I um, definitely would like to have at least one more biological child after we adopt. And it's really important to us that this child that we adopt has a younger brother or sister, whether that child will be adopted or biological, because we want them to just feel like they're thrown into the mix, (laughs) just like the other kids. Um, So that's something that's always been important to us. So uh, we decided to start exploring other countries and agencies when we thought that China was no longer a good fit for us. And if you're not familiar with international adoption, it's important to know that 
only some adoption agencies will work with certain countries. So we wanted to decide which country was going to be the best fit for us because each country has different parameters, different timelines, different requirements that they place upon the adoptive parents. So we wanted to choose which country was the best fit and then find out which agencies worked with that country. So we chose a country and then we chose our agency from there. Ultimately, we decided to switch agencies so that we can adopt from South Korea. Um, and we are so excited about this development and feel like, as always, it's a total God thing how it all came about. And I'll explain more about the South Korea program in a bit. But first, for those who aren't as familiar with international adoption, I just wanted to give a quick overview of how the whole process works. So when a family wants to adopt internationally, first they're going to apply to the adoption agency country program that they hope to adopt from. And then once that adoption agency accepts your application, then you're going to start the paper chase. And some of you may have heard adoption referred to as a quote unquote paper pregnancy. And I know there's a lot of um, mixed feelings about that quote, but a lot of the reasons that that phrase came about is because there is so much paperwork involved with adoption. So the biggest first step for an adoption and international adoption is going to be the home study. And I already alluded to that before. And each adoption agency is going to go about how they order the home study differently. Um, but basically it means that you and your spouse go through a mountain of paperwork and you do background checks and you get fingerprinted. Everyone in the household gets an updated physical, you do medical tests to make sure everyone is in good health, you acquire several letters of recommendation, you go through your financial forms to talk about your financial health, and then after you've gone through the paperwork, then a social worker comes to the app comes to the house for a series of visits to get to know the prospective adoptive parents and the kids. So you show the social worker around the house, you talk through issues like discipline, finances, your marital communication, how you intend to incorporate the adopted child's culture into your family, what your support network looks like, both with your extended family and with your local community, what kinds of opportunities there are for support for a child that has special needs, um, how you hope to encourage your extended family to learn about your child's needs and all of those things. And Philip and I actually really enjoyed the home study process last time around when we did it. Um, it gave us a chance to reflect on how we're doing as a family, the things that we're doing well, and the areas that we could definitely work on. And it was great to get to hear the kids talk with the social worker about how they're feeling about things with another adult. And so as you're going through the home study process, you're also working on something simultaneously that's called a dossier. And a dossier is just a fancy word that means the application that goes to the country that you're adopting from. And a lot of the documents that you are acquiring for the purposes of your home study also are going to be on the same list of requirements that make up your dossier but there's also a lot of it that doesn't overlap. The part that gets a little bit tricky is that the dossier, that's the part that goes to the country you're adopting from, 
All of those documents within the dossier have to be notarized. A lot of them have to be state certified, and almost all of them need to be originals. And then the other thing that makes it tricky is that the different countries that you could be adopting from have different rules about how old those documents can be when they are sent to the country. And last summer, before China changed their rules that they released in July, we had, at that point, only two or three documents remaining to complete our dossier before we mailed it off. So had things not happened the way they did, we could have moved forward with our application to China and not be having this conversation today. So I definitely think it's a total God thing for our family that it did not work out that way. So the bad news with all of this is that despite having a current home study that we just updated, we just updated it this summer. So that means that we had just gone through all of the physicals and the medical tests and all of the paper chase and everything else. We have to start all over again because we changed adoption agencies and countries. So that's the bad news. But the good news is we're not that upset about it because China actually had one of the most difficult dossiers to put together. So South Korea's actually feels really easy by comparison. And since we've done it before, I know where I need to go to get the various documents that we need. So it's really not going to be as painful as it could be. Um, And like I said, Philip and I really enjoyed the home study process. It just forces us to have conversations that every married couple should be having, and it's a good thing. So we're happy to do whatever it takes if it means that we get to move forward with our hopes and prayers to adopt a child. So let's talk about the fun part. So why did we choose South Korea? So in South Korea, well, first of all, let me back up by saying with our goal to adopt, we wanted to make sure to preserve birth order. So meaning that the child that we adopt is going to be the youngest child we will have as of now, not including any future children that God might bless us with. So we want this to be our youngest child, the child that we adopt. And we also want to have as short of a timeline as possible because international adoption can take a really long time. And also because we have a hope of wanting to have another biological child, we don't want to unnecessarily extend the timeline and make that more difficult for our family because this is all that I'm going to say about this. But as uh, we are a Catholic family, that means we practice natural family planning, which means that I am not on birth control, which means that a couple hoping to avoid a pregnancy that has uber fertility has to have a lot of self-discipline and abstaining. And doing that for an extended period of time could be difficult for some couples. So that is another reason why we wanted to have a shorter timeline. So with South Korea, the children who are adopted internationally, they're mostly boys. And at the time that the family receives a match, which means that the family has gotten a file of a child and they said, yes, this is the right match for our family. When you get a match, otherwise known as a referral, for South Korea, at the time of a match, the child is probably going to be between 6 to 12 months old. 
Now, the hard part about South Korea is that there is a wait time from the time the child is matched until they are placed. And placement just means when the child comes home. So the child is going to be between 6 to 12 months at the time of the match and then between 18 to 30 months at the time of placement. So in the world of international adoption, that's actually a pretty short timeline. And the current time frame that they're giving families from the time that they apply to the time that the child is placed in the home is averaging between 26 and 30 months. So a little over two years to two and a half years. And most families get a referral within five to nine months of applying. And for this adoption agency's program, 100% of families in the program have a match within the year from the date of their application. So that is fantastic news. And then after the family accepts a referral, once you have a match, then you have to wait usually a year, sometimes up to a year and a half before you can travel to South Korea. So that's going to be the hardest part about adopting from South Korea. Other programs have a much longer time to wait before you get a match. And that in itself would be really difficult, but I don't know if... If I had to choose between the two, I I don't know. I don't know which I would choose more. But um, I'm grateful because in South Korea, the great one of the great things about the South Korean program is that the children who are available for adoption are generally placed in foster care homes, and they have a maximum of two children placed in the home at a time. And because of that dynamic, those kiddos have a really strong attachment with the foster family. And while it's going to be difficult for them to leave the foster home, that kind of separation, it's a very different kind of trauma than the child who lived in an orphanage, who had a different kind of caregiver and a different kind of relationship. So that's something that definitely appealed to us. And when I was asking someone with our adoption agency what they saw as the weaknesses or common complaints that they heard from families about adopting from South Korea, she kind of laughed and she said, something that a lot of families seem to say is that if they have other children already in the home, they seem to think that the children from South Korea are almost spoiled because in the foster families, there's a lot of co-sleeping and holding the children until they're about three years old and almost constant attention. And so as a, a potential adoptive parent, that is a great problem to have for a child to be able to attach to someone that they love in that way is wonderful because it means that they aren't struggling with a lot of the problems that a child who has been institutionalized in an orphanage with, say, not as many caregivers would be struggling with. It's a different kind of trauma for them to separate from someone that they've attached to well. And the other thing that really appealed to us about South Korea is that we have a lot of confidence in the accuracy of their medical records. The children receive frequent, accurate checks. And this is one of the big strengths of the South Korea program. It is a very well-established program, and there is so much information available about the children, including the social history of the child's birth family. And that is something that you almost never have with international adoption, but it is something that is available for South Korea. 
And the children receive a well baby check every month. And then the adoptive families can generally expect to receive updated photos of their child at varying intervals throughout the process. And they say it's usually about three to four months, every three to four months that you would get an update. And then the families also receive copies of every medical evaluation and those records. So that means for Philip and I, when we're looking through the files that are given to us for potential matches, we are going to feel that we are making an informed decision when we decide whether to accept or reject a referral. And that's really important to us because since we already have four biological children, we want to be obviously generous and open to the different medical conditions that are among the adopt the adoptable children, but we also don't want to be reckless. We don't want to make our biological children feel as though we are putting their lives on hold, that we're ignoring them, or we're not trying to prioritize them and their needs when this child joins our family. So we want to make sure that we're making an informed decision and a good decision for our entire family. So we feel really good about the accuracy of the medical records in South Korea to help us make a good decision for our family. And South Korea also has a very streamlined process with very strong communication from our adoption agency that is also on the ground in South Korea. The other thing about South Korea that we are super excited about is that they encourage our children to join us on the trip. Now, each country has different requirements for how many times you need to visit the country during the adoption process. And different countries also have different requirements about how long those visits need to be. And that was a big deciding factor for us as well, because a lot of countries require very long extended visits. And that's not possible, one, because of our kids' school schedules, and two, because of Philip's uh, profession and not being able to take off that much time as a pediatrician. So... With South Korea, they require two quick trips, and they both last approximately one week. The first trip is for a court hearing, and that's going to be approximately a year after we get our match. And then the second trip is going to happen shortly after the first trip, and that's for visa completion and for us to bring the child home. So we're super excited about the prospect of the kids coming with us and getting to meet our child at this, their brother and sister, brother or sister, the same time that we get to meet them and being part of that bonding process. So we feel very at peace about things. We feel like South Korea is a great fit for our family and we're feeling really great about our choice of our adoption agency. They have just already completely blown us away with their level of communication and the amount of information they've been able to give us. So we feel awesome about things. But what does all of this mean for us right now? It means we are working through mountains of paperwork because we want to try and move things forward with our home study and get to our visits with our social worker as soon as possible. So we're going to be working on acquiring various documents that will also work toward our dossier because this is the one part of international adoption that is within our control. 
So we are trying to fly through the paperwork. It's our goal to have our dossier, remember that's the application, submitted to South Korea in September. And then from there, we are going to wait and pray for a match. So the sad news is that that means things on the podcast are going to change a bit. We have, like I said earlier, been working through things for a couple months now behind the scenes. But now that I've been able to share the news with our family and talk about it, I have decided that now is a good time for me to take a step back from the podcast so that I can really focus on our adoption paperwork And it's my plan to return to regular podcasting, hopefully in September. I think um, by then the kids will be back into their school routine. And also, hopefully by then we will be completely done with our application. But stay tuned. I may need to revise things as September rolls around. But that's my plan for now. And actually... This week, four of you sent me really amazing emails saying how much the show means to you, and I even got to meet a few listeners in person at various spots about town, so that makes it all the harder to push pause on the podcast, but I know that this is definitely the right choice for our family, and I look forward to resuming the show because I don't want to give it up completely. I'm just considering this a pause for now and then hoping to resume when we're back into our school routine and I'm done with most of the adoption paperwork. But in the meantime, you can definitely, please, keep in touch. I still want to hear from you. You can, as always, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm just Catherine Boucher on Facebook and Catherine M, as in mouse, Catherine M. Boucher on Instagram. And you can send me emails at podcast at catherineboucher.com. I still want to hear your questions. I definitely want to hear your book recommendations and your TV recommendations, your movie recommendations, and just general questions as well. I hope that you'll still keep in touch because I still want to keep hearing from you even if I'm not podcasting until I start up again. But please know that you will be in my prayers and I really hope that we will be in yours as well as we move forward with our adoption plan. Thank you so much for listening today. I have so enjoyed podcasting. It is one of my favorite things that I look forward to every week. And I actually have a couple of interviews that I look forward to sharing with you in the fall when I resume podcasting. But I'm going to hold on to those for now because I want to give them the attention they deserve and be able to respond to the feedback that I know you're going to want to give me on those episodes. So look forward to those in the fall. In the meantime, please keep in touch. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.